Today's episode is proudly sponsored by the team at Project Health Monitoring. PHM provides digital solution for industry, sport, and education, allowing you to focus on well-being, performance, and academic engagement in real time. But more on that a little later in the episode. And welcome to Challenges That Change Us, the podcast where we talk to our guests about how their challenges have impacted them today and how they overcame them. Whether you are someone that feels like you are thriving right now, trudging through the mud or somewhere in between, this podcast is designed to give you practical advice, profound insight into your own experience and inspire you to embrace your life. My name is Ali Flynn, the co-founder and CEO of Tri Altitude Performance, and I will be your host. It's time to buckle up your seatbelts and let's get this ball rolling. Hey, hey, everyone. I bet you're starting to wind down or maybe you're winding up for Christmas. I can feel the excitement in the air. We are on the countdown. This week, I want to introduce you to Sky Henley. Sky is a self-proclaimed business badass and spiritual entrepreneur. On top of this, she is an international author, an actor, nutritionist, PT, bouncer, you name it, and this girl has done it. She is currently working for the number one coaching company in Europe. However, this is not why I brought her on the podcast today. When I met Sky, I thought, who is this woman and how do I get more of her in my life? It wasn't until we got to know each other that she started to open up and tell me about her MS journey, which started when she was 29. I nearly fell over. I at no point would have thought that this woman was living with a potentially progressive, debilitating and disabling medical condition. And so I asked this beautiful lady to come on Challenges That Change Us. Here's what you need to know about the episode. We swear a lot. Not as much as the episode with Morgan, but it is sprinkled throughout in case you have little ears around. We discussed some pretty cool topics today, such as how to find your passion, how to show up for yourself when you've only been giving 50%. And of course, Sky opens up about her journey with MS, how she refuses to let the diagnosis be her prognosis. She has some really neat strategies for you to tuck away for those times in your life that you face adversity. Let me introduce you to the girl who stopped playing by other people's rules, stopped toning herself down, and started living the life she was born to live. Welcome, Sky, this afternoon to Challenges That Change Us. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be here. Yeah. Sky, I love to start the podcast with a question, and that is Do you have an animal that describes you, and what is it about that animal? <laughs> I think I feel like I have a pretty standard answer for this one and the animal would be unicorn and because <laughs> I kind of feel like I don't quite fit the molds and, you know, I'm very sort of sparkly and rainbow and, you know, a little bit out there and stuff like that. So I'm not sure that there is anything but a mythical creature that could really <laughs> describe me <laughs> when we think about it. <laughs> And the audience can't see you, so just to describe right now, like she's in this bright orange and pink and black shirt with this like blonde curly hair, big earrings, diamonds on the side of the face. Like it's just, and in the background there's this bright green poster. Like that makes so much sense. Have you always been like that? Look, definitely. I definitely think so. I think, um, you know, from even just being a child and stuff like that, people would probably try to squash me just a little bit and they'd be like, stop being so dramatic or, you know, 
know, like, you know how people, like, I guess parents and, and other adults try to keep you in line, but it's always just been of me and not for anybody else's benefit or need or anything but my own. So I think um, these days I'm pretty comfortable in being fully expressed as myself and whatever that entails. <laughs> and when do you feel like that true self came into play? Like was that in your 20s or like when did you really feel like you could be expressive how you want to be? It's really interesting because like I see things across time and spaces, probably like different iterations of ourself. And so again, I've probably always been a little bit of a sideways human and a little bit, you know, OTT and, you know, that kind of a thing, but definitely say this iteration of myself that I am now and with everything that I do, you know, I I can put my finger on a few catalysts across time that is um, really grounded, you know, in being this human for sure. And will we be going into some of those? Because I want to ask if we're not. I know. (laughs) I'm like, do I ask you more now? You're like, what are they? Tell me the things. So Sky and I know each other, but we actually don't know a lot about each other. So it's kind of a different relationship to everyone that comes on the people that I've had previously have either been people that I know really well in my world or people (laughs) I don't know at all in between (laughs) you know this (laughs) mid-ground and Sky talk to us about you are an author of an international author I should say of two books tell us a little bit about those well I suppose you know to go with what we were just talking about you know having a variety of different iterations of self across time I think you know being an author very much plays to that, you know, that the, the books came out during different iterations of myself, you know, and, and so the first one was very much after, you know, a lot of health and um, health and mindset and life and, you know, all those different kinds of things, um, challenges and, th- and and changes. I think we'll pause you there. You're the first guest that used challenges and changes on my oh, podcast. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, look, we've got to give it a plug. <laughs> Thanks for the plug. <laughs> I mean, it is what we're here to talk about. but it's the truth as well you know like look I am a firm believer in that I am everything that I am now due to everything that's come before me it's that simple you know and so if I can be proud of everything that I am now or was yesterday or the day before that or you know we're, we're all only ever doing the best we can at any given time and so yeah I think you know again with authoring it was so very cathartic you know in its own right and therapeutic and yes also strategic because I am a business human and so that helps too but for sure it was equally of me and for me as it is for others you know and in that place of service and being able to share of a story and an idea and an ideal and you know and if that can help others I mean you know same as we're here today I suppose if if telling a story can help others in one way or another then um then amazing of course like why wouldn't we do that and what's the name of the books so um limitless you badass guide to lazy easy simple weight loss and then the other is beast mode activated go from winging it to working it in your fitness business so I I came from very much a health and fitness background after many challenges of my own and so again that was me at that time being able to pour of you know my heart and my understandings and share that with others and and all of that's been able to be an amazing you know jumping point to everything that we actually do now which is is far reaching and beyond you know one modality, let's say. Mm. And like there are so many facets to 
your life, but to you as well. So you're also a nutritionist. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And an actor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you were in a movie. Was it last year? It was last year. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just so, again, amazing and entertaining. I, you know, being the dramatic child that I was, you know, putting me into acting and singing was probably the safest and best place to allow that, <laughs> you know, to shine and be expressed and all the rest of it. But to be honest with you, you know, I didn't do acting for probably many years as an adult, you know, I thought, geez, I probably should get a, you know, air quotes, real job and and um, get super serious. But everything that acting taught me, you know, confidence and communication and people skills and behavioral science and stuff like that, you know, I still use now. And so last year when we, I say we, my partner and I were in a movie, it was actually about him, which was really exciting because he's a bit more introverted than I am. <laughs> Let's just tall, gorgeous nerd, you know, glasses wearing human. And he sort of, he always just wanted to be in a movie and he just thought that would be so much fun and silly and play and, you know, maybe didn't have the understanding or the courage to go for something like that. And I think that my expansiveness and and going after dreams probably rubbed off on him a little bit. And so he was actually the one that found that for us. So you both were in it. Yeah, we were both in it. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, it's called Risen. So for all my nerd friends out there, it's a sci-fi <laughs> and um, which is perfect. I love, you know, I love explosions and aliens and just anything weird and wonderful. So right up our alley. And then, yeah, and he ended up being selected to also be a um, a featured extra in it and got it like we had to come back on additional days so that he got like extra words and he had to play a scientist because tall, gorgeous nerd. So why not? <laughs> like typecast as a scientist. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Oh, it's one of the things I don't think the audience would know about me was I was on, I don't know whether you remember and anyone that's younger than 30 won't even know this show, but do you remember the show Eastery? Yes. Do you remember yes. that? I was on that. Oh, wow. I think his name was Michael when the murder scene was happening in the garage. I was in the background walking past and I was so proud of that. No words. And we only had to walk past like seven times or whatever, but I was like, you know what? I've been on national television (laughs) like as this tiny little extra. I think I was at school. It was, you know, it was pretty cool at the time. Yeah, it's so much fun though again and to go with like our theme of today, the fun and the play and the stupidness, like where else do you get to go? And, you know, I I had to be like the governor's assistant, you know, was one of my roles and also a reporter as well and we're banging on these cars as they're speeding past, you know, like trying to get answers like about what's going on in this big facility like where else do you get to just just be and just you know like express and be weird and fun and stupid and and then be able to have the product on prime if you'd like to watch it <laughs> uh, you mean you don't do that in your kitchen <laughs> I, know, right? I mean this is a normal because I feel like sometimes I do this with my daughters <laughs> <laughs> I mean probably in this household we would that sounds like something we would do with family. <laughs> yeah. and now now you're working for the number one coaching company in Europe so we've kind of like you know, just gone through 50 chapters of your life <laughs> to get to where you are just now. But tell us a little bit about where you are now. Well, I mean, you know, I'm super lucky. I say that I'm one of the luckiest people on the planet because, you know, I am a transformational leader of a social enterprise, which literally means I get to transform lives for a living, you know, and it's all about the service of others and how fucking awesome is that, you know, and it's helping mm-hmm. people who help others as well. 
well. And so, as you said, you know, I come with that fitness background. I come with nutrition. I come with, you know, behavioral science. I come with NLP and hypnosis and, 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 and I am that human that, you know, if ever I want to dive into something, I probably have gone and gotten the qualification in it. And so, you know, all of that over the years has kind of led me to this position now where I am a transformation coach and business mentor for other health, fitness, coaching, you know, businesses. And yeah, the Europe program and company that I work for is, yeah, one of the largest or the largest out of Europe, you know, with their own coaching and behavioral science modality. And yeah, I get to teach business and amazing, um, you know, expansive things to them, which is really exciting as well. You also have a program that like for our listeners, if they wanted to jump on Soul Aligned Empire. Yeah. So the Soul Aligned Empire is, um, yeah, our main program these days, my business mentoring container. And in it for us, you know, it's business and life, it's strategy and soul, it's action and alignment, it's impact and income. We play both sides. And, you know, earlier when we were talking about what are those moments that kind of changed me to be this fully expressed version of myself. I I remember years ago, you know, I was trying to fit myself into this business mentor box, you know, and, and very strategic and making sure I was doing all those kinds of things and talking about, you know, 10xing your business and blah, blah. And I was just so unfulfilled because I was misaligned. And I remember having a mentor come to me one day and she said, Sky, you know, it's because you're literally hiding 50% of yourself. And I was like, what? And she's like, well, you are this expansive, colorful, universal being who understands, you know, so much greater than just, you know, strategic intention. And she's like, Mm. and you're hiding that or you're not, you know, showing all of that, you know, out there to the audience, I suppose, and to your potential clients. So no wonder it's feeling misaligned and clunky and really the penny sort of dropped. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, the more me I am, you know, the more people I'm going to touch and the more money that I'll make and, you know, and impact along the way, which is amazing. And so that definitely was one of the big pivotal moments for landing me where I am now and everything that we do as part of the soul aligned empire, you know, being a power for good in the world and ensuring that we're playing both sides. Because if something's happening in life, then it's probably showing up in business. And if something's happening in business, it's probably showing up in life, you know? And so we make sure that we work strategically, we work behaviorally and we work universally as well with everything that we do. And we will definitely pop that in the show notes for anyone that wants to have a look. But I guess the question that's coming up for me that the audience might be thinking about is, how do I find that alignment (laughs) (laughs) when they're thinking about themselves? So before we dive deep into the challenge, do you, I guess, have any advice for someone sitting out there that feels like they're only playing 50%? Yeah, that's a great question. I definitely think that, that there's a few things, you know, number one, I wouldn't be a very good, you know, transformation coach, business mentor. If I didn't say go out there and, and get some support and help in one way or another, like we don't actually have to do it all alone. And sometimes we just need that person or that place, you know, to be able to reflect something back at us that then can transform everything, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And it is funny. I, you know, I say I'm a transformation coach and a business manager. The transformation coach in me, you know, helps people find the answers that are already inside of them. And the business mentor in me tells people what the fuck to do, Yeah, you know? And so it's that really nice mix. So of course I have to put that out there, but really, you know, one of the best pieces of advice that I can give is follow your greatest excitement 
You know, that's how we tap in. If we're trying to brain everything all the time, then absolutely we're going to end up in some clunky place that feels completely misaligned because we're doing things that we thought we should do or that seemed to be right or appropriate maybe by somebody else's map. Whereas if we actually follow our joy, fun, play, pleasure, passion and our greatest excitement, then from that, you know, all things are going to grow and flourish and, you know, be amazing. And and really that's you know, that's that fuck yes life that we want, you know, when we are following our greatest excitements and all the different things that that then has the potential to lead to. And how do people find that excitement though? Because some people have never experienced that to even know what that could feel like. I think when people have had a taster, they often are like, oh, if they're really honest with themselves or they have someone holding up a mirror, they can be like, yes, actually, I'm I'm going on the left side of the road and I actually need to be going on the right side. You know, sometimes that's what you're talking about with that coach or that mentor or the counselor, whoever it is in your world, your best friend holds that mirror up and you think, oh, ouch. But yes, you're correct. (laughs) But what about someone that doesn't even have that? So let me answer that on two levels. If somebody is sitting in a position right now, listening to this and they're like, I am just feeling completely dispassionate with existence. Mm. I don't feel like I've got anything Mm. going for me right now, you know, but they can remember a time, you know, when they were feeling more, you know, passionate, more lit up, more amazing, whatever it might be. If we can dissect what was going on during that period of time. I mean, I've had to do that in my own life as well. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that soon enough, but I've had to literally think back and go, well, when was I the happiest and what was going on then? You know, it's almost like the, the key ingredients that equal sky's happiness, you know, or whomever you may be. Right. And so when we can actually, you know, take those ingredients, those pieces, and then bring some of that into the now, then that helps. Now, if somebody else is sitting there and going, look, I don't think I've ever had that. I've always felt a little bit misaligned or I've never felt really passionate about anything or I've gone from school to university to a mundane job, then the best piece of advice I can give for that is to go out there and try because you could sit there and brain it and try to think of the perfect answer or try to, you know, find that thing, you know, that maybe you'll like, but until you actually put it into practice and go and try said thing, you simply won't know. So the best thing to do is if you're unsure and you've never quite had it and there's nothing that you can quite tap into, then find a few avenues that you think could be it, you know, a couple of hobbies, some new social engagements, like you know, different environments to shake things up and then just find out what you do and don't like. And when you start to feel a little bit of, oh, that is actually quite exciting or I enjoy that, you know, try to dissect it a little bit then and be like, cool, what is it about that? You know, is it that, you know, I'm feeling lonely and actually I just want more people around me, you know, that get me? Or is it that here's this hobby that, you know, is really lighting me up and what a great avenue to reduce some of my own stress or, 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 or. But until you try and put it into practice, you simply won't know. It's funny you should say that when you were talking, I was thinking about our, I call it like the psych pre-screen for fitness when we onboard our fitness clients here at AFA. And it's one of the exact questions we ask is when were you at your fittest and what was different back then? And that's exactly what you said around this. It's like, when did you feel that? And what was different in your world and trying to pull out those, I always think about a recipe, right? You're trying to pull out the ingredients, you might cook a different cake, but what were the ingredients you used? Was it butter? Was it flour? Was it orange? Was it chocolate? Was it, you know, and build on that's like that strength-based approach. It's like what has worked and why did it work? 
Yeah. It's kind of that mix. Like I'm very much about people getting, you know, I think we brain far too much, you know, especially, you know, as, as a human or as a soul here for a human experience, you know, if we're trying to brain the answers all the time, then, um, you know, it is going to feel clunky because feeling is actually, you know, the emotion of sorts of play, of excitement, of joyousness, of, you know, all of those different things. So it has to come from a feeling place. But if we've been really caught up in that brain space, you know, of problem solving and, you know, calculation and logic and all the rest of it, sometimes it takes a little minute to tap back into those feelings of excitement, of joy, of, you know, passion and whatever. And so, yeah, whatever the key word is to start with, you know, okay, when was I feeling my fittest and healthiest? When was Mm -hmm. I feeling? you know, my most passionate alive, you know, you know, what was Mm -hmm. going on then? And yes, we can brain it a little bit. I'll allow it, you know, to kind of break down those key ingredients so that we can then feel into it more and start to switch on that way of being, you know, because passion is not a brain emotion. (laughs) Mm. Like it's simply not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And let's because we could stay here, right? <laughs> you and I would just stay here and chat. So, <laughs> but that's not why I brought you on the show. We would really love to hear about some of the challenges that you faced. You've already started to kind of allude to these kind of chapters almost of your life where, you know, you've had certain things, I guess a fork in the road where you've had to make decisions or things have happened and you've kind of moved in one direction over the other. So when you think about that, is there a challenge that comes to mind that you want to talk about here today? Look, absolutely. I mean, that's why we're here. And, you know, I was thinking about this over the last little while and the main challenge that probably I've had to face or one of the bigger ones over time, really the piece that changed me happened many years prior. And so we have to kind of we have to go back in time, everyone, <laughs> you know. No, but I think that's good because you said it earlier on. It's like I'm a sum of everything that's happened. And I think sometimes when we look at a challenge or adversity, we're like, that was the moment. It's like, is it? Or did everything lead to that moment? I was actually only saying it last night around resilience and I was like, we'd never send a builder to a site without tools. Why do we think we can go in adversity without knowing who we are and the strengths that lie within us? Because when you know that, that's your own resource, right? That's your own hammer, nail, whatever it is that you need to face adversity. And that's what you're talking about before we even start. It's like stuff happened way back. So let's go back. (laughs) Where would you like to start? (laughs) Yes, how far back? So when I was born, no, but even with what you were just talking about, like resilience and resourcefulness, and this has totally been a theme of my week as well. You know, I put so much of my own resilience and resourcefulness down to doing acting, you know, when I was a child and being thrown out on stage and having, you know, shit hit the fan, let's put it that way. Right. And having to be resilient and resourceful and totally fine with that and forget lines and to be able to continue doing it. And, you know, to not be completely, you know, embarrassed and shut down and, you know, all these things. So even with everything that I do today, although I'm not necessarily out there, you know, this amazing famous actress, my, you know, my childhood self would be very disappointed. I don't know, mate, you've already been on a movie and an international author. I feel like you kind of made it. (laughs) But that's it, right? Like, you know, being able to be here now and utilize that amazing toolkit and, you know, and even with acting as well, having to know myself 
you know, because how can you portray anyone else or how can you justify a murderer or how can you justify, you know, whatever the character may be if you can't understand maybe the murderer in yourself or maybe you, know, you yeah. can't understand that feeling of empathy or anger or frustration or, you know, and all the layers that are actually coming from underneath. And so I think I was set up, you know, quite luckily divine timing, divine order, perhaps, you know, to be able to be someone who can process resilience and resourcefulness because, you know, I was teaching a masterclass this week myself that, you know, we were speaking about the fact that in business, like challenges are going to happen. And it's the same with life. Challenges, yeah. like, you know, if if every time we stub our toe, we lose our shit because we just can't hold it together because, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening to me, you know, then we're going to have a really fucking clunky life, you know, mm-hmm. and it's going to be mm-hmm. full of like, fuck you universe. Like, why have you done this to me again? And it's all perspective, right? Whereas if we can understand, okay, part of being a soul here for a full human experience is in fact, you know, that I'm going to stub my toe sometimes, or I'm going to get angry, or I'm not going to know what to do, or something's going to happen in business, or somebody's going to ghost me, or somebody's going to say something mean about me. And we can actually go, okay, you know, like, how is this teaching me? Like, what's the lesson here? Like, what's another way that I can look at this? You know, is this going to matter mm-hmm. in five days, five months, five years? Probably not. You know, like, how can I send compassion to that person that's maybe triggering me? How can I send compassion to myself? You know, and the better we get at switching that thinking on in any given moment, then the smoother things kind of go overall. It doesn't mean that shit doesn't happen to us. Shit happens to all of us, you know. Marianne Williamson, I recently um, saw live, she says that, you know, people out there complaining about having an anxiety disorder, she's like, as if you wouldn't right now in this world, you know, like the entire world is an anxiety disorder, you know, and instead of thinking like, oh my gosh, I need to go and do the inner child work, you know, when are we sitting there going, okay, well, where's the adult in the room? Have I been an adult this week, you know, and still had play, still had passion, that's really important. (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's like, you know, how can I actually just step up and go, cool, resilience, resourcefulness, something has happened, solution, opportunity, lesson, you know, expansion, expand from it, not contract. Yeah. Yeah. And Sky, the thing that keeps coming up for me as you're talking, I don't know if you know this, but I was down in Tamworth and we, I think we're down there for medical appointments and my daughter has pocket money and she comes out of a shop. She's like, mom, I just bought you a bangle. And I was like, oh honey, you don't need to buy me jewelry. She's like, no, I needed to buy you this one. And I look at it, it's this little gold bangle. And on it says, be the shiniest fucking unicorn in the room. (gasps) Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) I love that. And I'm thinking of that as you're talking, right? Like one, the Wearing the um, <laughs> bangle, yes. This, yeah, I was thinking I need to send you that bangle, but like that's what I'm thinking when you're talking, you know, be an adult, but also be the shiniest fucking unicorn in the room, like be okay with being you and finding that exactly whatever version of that, you know, whatever version of you that is. You know, I definitely have mm-hmm. a lot of clients sort of say to me, Oh, but I'm not as extroverted as you, or I'm not this, or I'm not that, and they might do a bit of a comparison, and I'm like. You don't have to be me. Like that's not the Mm -hmm. point. It's being fully expressed as you, you know. This is me Mm -hmm. just doing me over here, whatever, you know, like whatever that means, right? But, you know, whatever version of being your best fucking sparkly unicorn that is, you know, like this this is your life. This is your existence. Like, you know, stand up and be seen in it for sure. And maybe we need to all go to adult acting classes. I'm not (laughs) joking. Like I'm like maybe we need to introduce that. Like Friday afternoons is going and learning to improvise. Like how? How awesome would that exactly. be? But we're going to keep talking about this all day and that's not why I we don't. brought you on. 
This is a shout out to all the teachers, parents and principals that may be listening. We all know I'm a big advocate for improving your mental health, but how can you know when to act? PHM, otherwise known as Project Health Monitoring, provides a versatile, safe and secure digital platform that allows students a means to communicate current and emerging issues in real time. The platform provides educators with data to take targeted and timely action so that their students feel known, valued and cared for. PHM takes away the days of second guessing. With children increasingly connected via technology, the PHM approach allows students to initiate a conversation without having to raise their hands. Students need to feel connected and empowered by being directly engaged socially and emotionally. For a free project health check on your school, please click in the link provided in our show notes. This will enhance your students' well-being, performance, and their academic outcomes. Now, back to the show. So I am going to now redirect you. Oh. No, <laughs> no, but let's have a chat. Let's have a chat about the challenges. You've mentioned that it, we had to go back a little bit earlier. So do you want to start it at the beginning or where it was? <laughs> so look, when I was probably about, gosh, I don't even know, 24-ish, something like that. I don't know if you've seen the documentary Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead. <laughs> There's a documentary, it's called Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead. And that was pretty much me. I was working in um, like pubs and clubs, the alcohol industry and stuff like that. I wasn't actually a drinker myself, but we used to have, you know, midnight starts, you know, we'd work 10 days in a row. It would be, you know, high octane kind of environment and stuff like that. The places that I worked at anyway, you know, I was probably 20 kilos overweight. My adrenals were burnt out completely. Yeah. And I was just kind of, you know, overwhelmed in the unhappiness of my existence. And at that time as well, you know, I was working in this particular place and I ended up being um, harassed in the workplace that led to me losing my job because it was easier for them to get rid of me because I was a lower level manager than it was to get rid of him. And so I lost my job, had to move back in um, with my mum, and I love my mum. My mum is the best human that I know, but we are two divas and should not live in the same house together. <laughs> and um, so moving back at home, you know, at, at 24. And the other thing that sort of happened, you know, uh, a few things happened. And around that time frame, we lost, you know, four members of my family within three years. So I lost my stepfather, my mom lost her husband, her brother and her father um, and, you know, and, and another family member as well within a very short amount of time. And so life got very intense, I would say, you know, and at that time as well, I shed all of my friendship groups as well, because they were sort of out there, you know, taking lots of drugs and doing all sorts of different things. And I sort of was like, oh, this is, you know, like with, with such an understanding of life and death and all the rest of it, I was like, this is not me. This is not where I want to be at. And so I literally, you know, had to pull myself out of that entire, you know, environment. And so there I was, you know, at my mum's 24, completely overwhelmed in the unhappiness, overweight, all the different things. And um, I had this very small year and I've never had depression in my life, you know, except for this one year. And it was a pretty dark year, you know, with everything that had obviously happened. And I remember somewhere towards the end of the year, I was invited to, I think it was a business course, you know, a three-day business course. And I have no idea what it was about. I can literally remember nothing from it except this one saying that I heard on the final day. And the saying was, our lives will only expand in proportion to how much courage we are willing to have. And I knew at the time that I was living small, totally recoiled in the unhappiness of my existence. And I knew that if I wanted my life to expand, 
expand, if I wanted happiness, if I wanted next level, if I wanted love, if I wanted all the different things that, you know, I was only going to receive those things in proportion to how much courage I was willing to show up with. And so at that time, I sort of went, crap. Like, you know, oh my gosh, well, when was I my most happiest? And I looked back and I thought, okay, well, I was studying. And so I was like, all right, well, why don't I study something new? You know, that used to make me happy. And so I went and studied to be a chef or chefing, you know, like commercial cookery, not to actually become a chef, but because I wanted to be able to cook myself beautiful, delicious, healthy food for the rest of my life. And I thought, you know, I need to get healthy as well. And so I, you know, went and studied. I thought, what else, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, I I love volunteering. I love giving back. And so I joined St. John's Ambulance so that, you know, I would have something to go to on the weekend, you know, like events. I loved, you know, uh, donating my time. And, you know, I love a good injury as well. So that kind of suited me, Um, you know, and when I did that, uh, you know, and I also then expanded um, further and I was like, okay, well, what else? What's going to help me, you know, be healthy and fit? And I took up soccer, you know, and I played soccer every year since you know, um, except this year, that's a whole other story. And so I started doing, you know, chipping away at all these little things until all these, you know, small things made for a huge result. Life back on track, health, happiness, fitness, you know, all those different amazing things. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like, thank you, life. Did it happen? Like you obviously put a lot of time, energy, action in that. Like we can hear that, but was it bumpy? Looky. Yes and no. I think that, you know, the bumps probably came a few years later, mm-hmm. but during the initial, let's say, expansion, you know, of course it was a little bit bumpy having to re-put myself out there and to sit in a little bit of fear, as we know, you know, and to do it anyway and to be like, oh, my gosh, okay, mm. what's the next thing? And so I literally did it almost one piece at a time and and had that accumulative approach. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to sign up to this you know, now I've done that. And then it's like, okay, what's the next thing, you know, because you're starting Mm. to regain that little bit of spark, you know? And so that little bit of spark wants to, you know, take off and be, you know, a bigger spark and, you know, an ember. And then, you know, you've got a grass fire on your hands. And so it was just doing it piece by piece. As we said before, those key ingredients to what Mm. equals sky in happiness, fulfillment, joy, passion, you know, to reignite all of that in my own life, you know, and beyond because I was, fitter, healthier, you know, and probably happier than I had ever been before up until that point. And so what that in fact then, you know, led me to was like, I was like, okay, well, I want to leave the the alcohol industry. It's totally not aligned for me. And I was like, you know, well, the people at the gym, they look like they're having fun. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go and study like, you know, fitness as well for myself. And I went off and did, you know, exercise specialty, strength and conditioning coach, sports trainer, PT, like everything that you could imagine and ended up, you know, entering the, the fitness industry and working in big gyms, which was quite funny because Previous to that, I was actually a bouncer as well. We'll throw that in there. Um, when I was studying chefing, I was actually, you know, working nights as a bouncer. Yeah. Please don't hold that against me. I, I don't particularly love violence. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, all I'm thinking about is everything you would have seen. Uh, like, that's what I always think is as bouncers, as cab drivers, yeah. like as taxi drivers, yeah. I'm always like, wow, they must like yeah. just see so much and experience so much. Yes. Like I was very done after um, being, you know, tasered in an armed robbery. <sighs> I was like, okay. Yeah, cool. I really need to not be in this industry any longer. And I, you know, made that happen again, you know, hence why my nervous system was just shot at that point, you know, because you're just on 
constantly. You are hyper alert, hypersensitive, hyper aware because you have to be, you know? And so that was unfolding. And and I thought, okay, well now I want to transition and ended up, you know, joining the fitness industry instead, which at the time I thought was quite funny because, you know, I was used to wrangling big dudes in pubs and clubs, keeping them in line, you know, getting them to kind of do what you want to do. And then when I went into working in big gyms and out on the gym floor, I'm basically listening to loud music, wrangling the big dudes, making sure that they're, you know, picking up their weights and I was still the same (laughs) from one industry to the next and on top of that I was like okay well what else can I do and I was like well maybe now I can you know go and um uh, do some bodybuilding. I was like, how far can I push this, you know, this health and fitness and, and, you know, what I'm able to control in my existence, you know? And so as I was doing that and I got, you know, I got myself the best coaches, like the, you know, the best mentors I possibly could. And I remember them coming to me one day and they said, Sky, you're either lying to us about what you're doing or there's something really wrong. And I was like, what? And they're like, well, what you're doing, what you're putting out there, you know, and, and the efforts that you're, you're, you know, whatevering, like they're not equaling the results that you should be having right now. And so, I, so you're either lying, which obviously I knew I wasn't, you know, or something's wrong. And I was like, okay, well, I better, you know, go off and, you know, get checked out. And so, you know, we did a bunch of tests and things like that. And we worked out that, you know, my hormones were a little bit out of whack and stuff. And we were like, okay, that, you know, maybe that makes some sense why I wasn't getting the results. And um, and the doctors thought, all right, well, we'll send you off for an MRI just to make sure that the signaling system, you know, for the hormones are doing what they're meant to be doing. And so I had an MRI and I remember it taking about 45 minutes longer than they said it was going to take. And when I walked out of the MRI, I looked at the the faces of the, the technicians that were doing it and they were kind of pulling that like, hmm, like, oh, like, good luck to you kind of face. And I thought, oh my goodness, well, there's something, oh, shit. you know, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is going on here? And when I finally, you know, got to the doctor to get the report, um, you know, they sat me down and said, we have good news and we have bad news. They said, the good news is your hormone signaling system, you know, is all fine. The bad news is you have MS. And so for anyone who doesn't know, MS is multiple sclerosis. It's a potentially degenerative disabling disease of the central nervous system. So brain, spine, and um, eyes and stuff like that. And to be 29, uh, you know, and be literally diagnosed with a highly disabling disease took a minute, you know, like to soak that in. And being diagnosed with that after just spending the last one, two years of getting your life back, you know, like we've just heard the journey you've been on to get to that point and then just having that, you know, dropped in your lap. Oh, and, it, and there was definitely, you know, there was this time period where I was just like, fuck you, universe. Like, fuck you, universe. I have just yep. worked my ass off, you know, <laughs> to get my life and my happiness mm-hmm. and my body doing what I wanted to do and, you know, all these different things. And now, you know, and it was kind of like, and now this, you know, like, oh my goodness, like, fuck you, universe. And so there was this kind of initial time period of like sort of piecing it together and working out what it did and didn't mean in my life and, you know, what needed to be done and all the rest of it. And I remember kind of one day sort of waking up and going, holy fuck, 
Like, actually, I'm the same, exact same person that I was previous to being diagnosed with MS. I am still the same badass and I still get to run my life, you know, based on those same ideals that my life will only expand in proportion to how much courage I am willing to have. And so, you know, in that moment, everything shifted. And I was like, my happiness, my life, my health is still exactly the same. It's in my hands and I can only control what I can control and simply not sweat the things I can't. So now to this day, I am living very healthfully, even with um, diagnosis of MS. It is not my identity by any means. You know, it is just this thing, my thing that I have to think about and deal with, you know, on the side of everything else. But I am so much more than a diagnosis. And as I say to my neurologists all the time, thank you for the diagnosis, but I don't accept that as my prognosis, you know, and I do everything that is within my power to ensure that best health and the rest is in the hands of the universe. Wow. That's like so many things from that, you know, the, what I can control, what I can't, my diagnosis and not my prognosis. Like Sky, the thing that I'm taking away as I listen to you talk is there's one really common theme that's coming through and that is what else can I do here? I don't know whether you've heard that before in your language, but I've heard that a lot today and what an attitude to bring to the table. Like, well, what else can I do and what else can I do? And, you know, like not accepting what is just because someone tells you that's what is. Yes. And it's definitely like, what did we say? Like at the beginning of, um, you know, even this podcast that my life now, if I get to be proud and happy and expansive and all the things, you know, comes due to everything that happens before me. And I can take, and it gives me goosebumps to talk about it. I have so much gratitude for MS, you know, and what it has taught me, you know, to slow down, to look after, you know, my own best health to an entirely new level. It has grounded me in my own, you know, health beliefs and what I choose for myself. And I keep, you know, finding that balance, you know, in in what feels aligned and misaligned when it comes to my own best health because it is my responsibility and mine alone. You know, it's given me my partner even. I would never have met him if it wasn't for, you know, this diagnosis of MS. And so when I can actually sit here in gratitude and say, you know, thank you life for happening for me, not to me, then, you know, it completely changes the reality that you get to live in. And it's not about some level of toxic positivity or bullshitting over the crap that happens to us. Like, I truly believe that all emotions have a right to exist. It's just whether you choose to hang out there or whether you choose to be a victim to. And if you're going to be a victim to something, then you are disempowering yourself, you know. And as you said, I I sit there in my own empowerment and go, well, what else can I do? you know, and not at a psychopath, you know, anxious level, like, oh my God, you know, duck underwater. What else can I do? (laughs) You know, but just simply like, well, yeah, what is in my control? How else can I choose courage? How else can I choose compassion? Where am I disempowering myself? Where can I re-empower myself? You know, how else is life happening for me? And I think too, what you're saying in another way to say it another way is it's like accepting what is honoring the feelings, but then putting in some strategies, whatever they are for you to move beyond that. So, you know, don't not honor those feelings. Like they need to be there, right? You talked about it. Like you were fucking pissed off when you got the diagnosis. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And mate, it would not have been helpful to compress that in that moment. There was a time and a place where you need to say, okay, now what? You've got to feel it to heal it as well. You do. That's been a common saying in this podcast, actually. I think I've heard three or four guests 
say that. You've got to feel it to heal it. Yes. Yeah. Because otherwise, as you said, you know, coming with that health background, you know, even if I try to logic it for a second, it simply is illogical for me to stifle those emotions or those feelings or those fuck you universes or whatever it is. Because one of the biggest catalysts for disease, you know, dis-ease in the body is stress. And so if I'm, you know, shoving things down and, and trying to not feel them or, or, you know, having like toxicity build up in my body or my mind, then the only person that that's going to hurt at the end of the day is me. You know, disease or no disease, it's the same for all of us. You know, like even when you're angry at someone and you're like, fuck that guy and that thing that he said, and I'm so annoyed and how dare they and did they not know and, you know, these little um, conversations that we have going on in our mind. At the end of the day, they can't hear you. They can't hear you. And so the more that it swirls around and around in, you know, in our own minds, then the only person that can hear us, therefore the only person who's being harmed by it is ourselves. So we have to be able to bring that amount of, you know, compassion and, you know, and forgiveness and understanding and, and, and to those kinds of scenarios. And what would you say to someone that's listening that's either saying, fuck you, because (laughs) you've gotten come out the other side, or what would you say to someone that, because you've been there, you're not saying that you didn't walk the mile and you didn't do the hard yards. So what advice do you have for someone? It doesn't have to be a mess. It could be anything, right? Going through adversity. Like what would you say to them other than what we've spoken about? You know, not so much because we kind of talked a bit more about the once you've accepted and then moving on, like the action phase. What would you say when you're really in the crisis or really in the adversity? Yeah, it's a really great question. And, and, you know, I appreciate that we can sit here and say like, you know, I've definitely been in it. Like I really have. Mm. And even, you and I, Ali, we know that um, even my last, within the last year, you know, I did have an MS hiccup, you know, that came up and and that was three months highly unwell, you know, and that was three mm. months in bed. That was three months not being able to look after myself. That was three months not being able to properly communicate or get myself food or be able to read off a piece of paper or, 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 you know, and three months was the the thick of it, you know, it continued a little bit after that. And so while I was in it, in it, that's what I want to know. Like, what did you do when you were in it? I, it, you know, look, it, it sounds simple, but I actually completely validate that it's not like, it's not always simple. There were days that I woke up and I was like, oh, this is, you know, a little bit frustrating, but you know, I had to catch myself in those moments and be like, okay, but what else? You know, like I get to sit here knowing that I have people around me that love me and that are helping support me right now. I know that I've built myself a life that has an understanding that this could happen on the oddest of occasions. And so I ensure that, you know, I I enact a plan around my business and stuff like that. I know that, you know, my clients are compassionate and, and, you know, I know that this too shall pass you know, and I also firmly believe that even the pieces, like I, you know, I had quite a lot of memory issues that spread across more time than just the three months. It probably took a further three months for at least. And even now when I'm tired, there's a couple of little, you know, like crossed wires and things like that. But as I said before, you know, adding the extra 10, 15, 20% by cursing the universe, by beating myself up, by saying, you know, why me? By being all up in my victim only makes it worse. And so if you can sit there in an amount of gratitude, which I'm saying I understand can be hard, but if you can find ways to not be in the fear and the fantasy and the story and the extension of it, you know, then you're already reducing the problem, the challenge by half. 
So take the 10% off the top. If that's all you can do, take the 10% off because you're going to get better, you know, faster, whatever that looks like, if, you know, if, if that's what you do. And I think what you said there too is it will pass. You know, there's, there's something that powerful just in that saying. Yeah. You can't possibly stay where you are right now. It's humanly impossible for everything to remain the same, our external environment and our internal environment. And again, like, let's just, you know, like, um, let's put it there again, just one more time to, you know, really double down on it. Like MS is a disabling degenerative disease. You know, the idea or the current understandings is that it only ever progresses and gets worse. So I'm not saying this from a perspective of somebody who had a flu and has gone, oh, well, this too shall pass, you know, and then I get over the flu mm. and yay, we're all, you know, happy days back to normal or something like that. I'm saying this from the perspective of someone, as we said, who, who who understands the diagnosis but refuses to accept the prognosis. And so my Mm. happiness, the same as yours, my health, you know, yes, there are portions of it that maybe we have to roll the dice on. That's life. Like MS is just my thing, you know, but everyone Mm. is out there, you know, dealing with their own thing, no better than or worse than. We're all just doing the best we can in any given moment. So taking that 10% off the top, you know, number one, and yes, having that understanding that this too shall pass And then when you're able to, you know, because for me, three months in bed, there was no, you know, action phase for some time. But then once I got to that place, I was like, cool, now what can I do? And even if that was little bit like by little bit, you know, all those small things make for the huge result. Mm -hmm. And it's similar to that first episode that we had with Sarah Davidson, where I, I asked her a question about, you know, what was the very first thing? And for her, she wrote a list. Well, what is all the things I can try? You know, who are all the specialists or who are all the people I can get advice from? And and I've heard that a couple of times in this podcast. You've kind of naturally put the business mind over your own health. Yeah, I see it like I will do until it's that simple. Mm-hmm. Like I will do until. Mm-hmm. And so if it's business, you know, I will do in business until I'm at that next level of success that I'm calling in. And then at that level, I'll probably do until the next level. And, you know, and so with my own health, happiness, all the rest of it, it's like, cool, no worries. Like it, it's my responsibility. I will do until, you know, my memory is fixed. I will do until, and I will keep finding new avenues and trying different things and staying consistent and, 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 you know, because that is my portion to play, you know, in this tapestry that is me. (laughs) And I think there's, we run a risk here because you're so lively and because you're so energetic and you're all like encompassing, like you just, you know, it's like you're breathing out passion, right? That it's very easy. And I imagine even for the listeners to not hear that it was hard, you know, even though you're telling us, it's like, you just, yeah, you're so passionate about moving forwards and getting momentum. It's like you're refusing to remain. <laughs> and I even check in with myself t- sometimes too because for me, I always say we each have a flavour of stress, you know, and it's either burnout, overwhelm, you know, stress, anxiety, depression, you know, and, and each of those flavours comes with a sprinkling of other things, you know, like overwhelm might come with a sprinkling of perfectionist or procrastination or, 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 or. For me, my flavour is burnout. You know, the reason that back at 24, like I was, I was burnt out. I was completely shocked 
not. And of course I have a nervous system disease now. Like it makes complete sense why, you know, my body would think my nervous system is a foreign object, you know, which is literally what autoimmune is. And so that doer in me has to check themselves too. And so I'm not saying it's easy all the time. I am this person. This isn't, you know, a facade or something for this podcast. Like the poor people in my life know that I am this intense all of the time. Um, But that doesn't mean, you know, like Ali sees, like sometimes everyone secrets here, (laughs) Ali sees me in the morning. Like I get up quite late because I have to, you know, that is one of my own strategies. I do nothing before 10 a.m. in the morning. I get to be this version of me lively and all the rest of it because I have to do that, you know, to ensure my own best health throughout any given day. And so, as I said, I'm not saying that it's easy always, but it is a choice. And so I choose to move my life around being able to sleep in because that, you know, helps those better. um, Sets you up for success. Exactly. And you've learned those things, don't you? I don't know for you, but I love that I was a fitness coach and a psych because the tools that I learned around taking action, people often say, how do, you know, how do I take the first step? And it's like, sometimes it's, you just take it. Yes. Like, you know, we can sugarcoat it all the ways we like, but sometimes it's literally doing the grunt work and doing it, trusting the process. You know, I often have to say to myself, and I've heard you talk about this in a different way, but it's, you don't know how you're necessarily going to get there, but you know, taking this 1% is going to make a difference tomorrow because the 1% and the 1% and the 1% add up. So it's trusting that process. Yeah. Cause what you can guarantee is that taking no percent steps forward, <laughs> like we think that no percent steps forward is somehow going to keep us the same. But to be honest with you, we actually start to go backwards because again, having this understanding that we are a soul and this is maybe my belief, but I am a soul here for a full human experience and the human experience is growth. It is difficulty. It is, you know, challenges. It is, you know, being able to move past them and all the rest of it. And so I signed up for this, you know, like we all kind of did. We decided to come here as a human in this go around, this iteration of me, um, you know, and so yeah, we have to take those steps and, and evolve because if we do not evolve, if we do not move forwards, we actually go backwards and we become, yeah, more hidden and more small and more, you know, pessimistic and, you know, angry and more in our victim because we haven't done the work, you know, to keep us moving as as the world moves around us. And I think here I also want everyone to reflect on how much energy it takes to stay back there, what you're talking about. It yes. actually takes a lot of energy <laughs> yes. to be angry at the world. Yes. It takes a lot of energy not to do anything. It eats your soul. It eats you from the inside out. You know, you might see it on the outside, but it, it you definitely, it's like, it's almost like you can be rotting from the inside. So it takes a lot of energy to be in that space. You might look at someone that's got momentum and that's taking action and think, wow, you know, look at them. But you've got the power to do that. Like you're doing this really well, you can do that really well. Yeah. You know, there's a saying that I really love that um, you can't always control your first thought, but you can always control your second. Mm. Now, the little side note with that is that sometimes it takes us a little bit longer in the beginning to start to be able to throw in that second thought. You know, I have this amazing example. I was telling my clients recently, I was tired. And so I know when I'm tired, the head noise creeps in a little bit. I'm pretty good like to not chew my head out, to, you know, try to, you 
you know, be like relaxed, resourceful, resilient, you know, and whatever. Anyway, I was tired one day, you know, I'm banging cupboards around the kitchen and whatever. And then I, you know, put something in the microwave that's at head height to me. And I closed, you know, the microwave door. I kind of slammed the microwave door shut. And there I was staring back at myself, my own reflection, you know, and I knew that I'd been there going, man, 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 you know, all up in my head. Like I was having arguments with people who didn't even know I was pissed off at them. And, you know, whatever else right? Like I knew the exact perfect things to say. And anyway, and then there I was staring back at me and I literally almost burst out laughing because I was just like, oh my God, lol, you know, like there I am. Like, because again, the only person who can hear me is me. And although I couldn't in that moment, because I was tired, you know, again, my flavor burnout, I have to be really careful to not push myself. And sometimes I do because I love things and life and amazingness and all the rest of it, you know? And so there I am staring back at myself and I'm just like, oh my goodness, like shushy time. Like, you know, that's it. Like no more of that. Like, you know, I caught myself in that thought process. Now, uh, you know, I remember um, as a little side example, I remember driving in the car on my way to college many years ago. And that was another one of my trigger points. I would be driving in the car early in the morning. I would be tired and my head noise would be going off, you know? And so when we can actually find some patterns to when these kinds of things are going on, you know, like when shit hits the fan, where do you go to next? Like what is Mm -hmm. your emotional home? What is your first thought? Like, oh, here we go again, you know? Like, and I know a lot of people think that. They're like, oh, when it rains, it pours, right? And if we keep saying that to ourselves, that is the environment, the chaotic universe, the reality that we are then creating for ourselves. So the more that we can actually control that second thought and go, oh, sky, you're looking at yourself in the microwave, you're just being silly, you know, like, you know, you're tired, you're not actually this annoyed at anything, like, just, you know, stop now, it's fine, like, come back to this later if it's still really a problem. The more that we can put those brakes on, the more that second thought becomes your first one. And so anytime that you start to go, oh, when it rains, it pours, you'll be like, no, it doesn't, this is just a temporary weird thing, you know, stuff happens, it's okay, I've been resourceful in the past, I'll solve this, all good. And then then next time a challenge arises, you'll go, okay, cool. What's the solution here? You know, what's the opportunity? What's my lesson in this? You know, am I adding layers? Like, and so we start to actually reprogram our mind, you know, in a way that is resourceful, you know, and resourceful means you know, useful, literally Mm -hmm. useful to us because an unresourceful way of thinking is that toxicity. It is that, you know, overbraining, whirling things around in our head, angry at people who don't even know we're angry at them, you know, all those different kinds of things. I have a line that I use all the time and I think you'll love this one and hopefully the audience do write this one down, is turning unresourceful reactions into resourceful actions. Yes, exactly. That is what you're talking about. Yes. Completely. Yes. And when we can like put the brakes on the reaction, you know, uh-huh. whether it's or find the gap, like just yeah. find the pause. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Just put it right in there. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we all have an emotional signature. We yeah. all have one. Yes. We need to learn what that is. And you know, oh God, we could talk all day. Yeah. It's not about wronging it. Like we're not here saying, oh, if you think a bad thought, you're a shit human, you know? Like we all think 
some fucked up things at different points in times, you know, it's not that like all my, like all emotions have a right to exist, you know? And as you said, if there is an emotional signature, mine, I used to say my um, emotional home was anger. Like if anything happened, you know, somebody died angry, you know, if something happened angry, you know, I, I literally never used to cry like, because that was not part of my emotional makeup, you know, many, many years ago. Right. And so when you can actually sort of loosen that and be understanding and just be human and be in the emotion and, you know, all the rest of it, as we said, um, feel it to heal it, then you're going to be able to move forward in a far more resourceful and choice, like, you know, choosing decisive action versus reaction. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And Sky, I loved, I'm really cannot wait for this answer. I love <laughs> to finish the podcast with what in your world makes you belly laugh? Like really belly laugh. Oh my goodness. Belly laugh. Like, oh, look, I'm known to be one of those humans that literally is on the floor crying with tears. And so I would say my family, there's probably a lot of family occasions where, you know, somebody says something that's like, you know, a little bit hilarious, perfectly timed or whatever. And I just lose it. And I literally cannot breathe. And there's probably no sound coming out of me. And then <laughs> like, I think um, it's, very infectious and so although it doesn't always happen you know it might be a few times a year but literally I I can be at that you know laughing non-breathing and infectious you know moment like in and around my family I think um you know I'm very lucky in that regard oh thank you so much Sky it has been a privilege and an honor to sit here with you this afternoon it's a Friday afternoon in Australia so we're both just like you know chilling for the day and what what a fabulous way to tie out the week Where's the cocktail? I reckon cocktail and a chat with a good friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, no, it is. Look, honestly, it's absolutely my pleasure. Um, my general ethos is, you know, to be a power for good in the world, whatever that means. And so if sharing of myself and my own fallibility and humanity and, you know, hilarity as well, um, if that can somehow help support another human out there, then, you know, my life is made. So... Thank you. And we'll definitely pop in the show notes where people can find you. We'll pop in there about your books. Don't forget the movie. And (laughs) the list could go on because we (laughs) have gone right through, you know, some of the incredible things that you've done. But do you know what that tells me? The wealth of experience. You know, when you're having this conversation, it's coming from a wise owl. It's coming from someone that has lived the experience. (laughs) Many lifetimes. (laughs) Yes. 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 In one. Yeah. Definitely. What I love most about this podcast is the people I meet, the conversations we have, and hearing from each of you as to what your takeaways are from each episode. Every time someone sends through a message letting me know how the podcast has helped them in that week, my heart swells up every time. I cannot tell you how much it means to know that you're finding these conversations valuable and worthwhile. Don't forget our super special free Mindset Reset Masterclass coming up on the 2nd of January at 8.30 a.m. The information is going in our Facebook group, Challenges That Change Us. So jump in there to find out more about this or to book your spot. We have the Instagram page set up finally after a year. So jump on and follow us on Instagram as well. I will see you all next week. I It must be almost our last one. I think we might have one more after that for the year. So can't wait and I will see you all next Monday morning. 
Thank you everyone for listening and taking the time out of your day. I believe we can learn so much from connecting with other people's experiences and stories. I hope you've gained some strategies and insight from today's episode. You can gain more by joining our Facebook group, Challenges That Change Us, or next week we will return with another episode. Oh, 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 oh,